0: sorry yeah <laughs> i'm recording oh my god well what starts start the podcast this is <laughs> so welcome back to the <laughs> i can't even start now because you were just asking me this is my guest by the way i was just saying so how do you start your podcast what do you do well this is it say, <laughs> hello and welcome to the barbell bikini and biz podcast and you are joining me for a guest podcast and i'm with a good friend of mine michelle today and we're going to be talking about all things i don't want to try not fluff this up endometriosis
1: absolutely endometriosis I don't know
0: what it is about that (laughs) word but I just can't say it every time I do it it's like one of those tongue twists well yeah the reason I've got Michelle on is one because she's got first-hand experience so she'll know a heck of a lot more than I do but most importantly it's because of everything that's going on with myself so if you've listened to a few podcasts ago you'll know that I'm having issues with my cycle ever since I've gone on this journey to try and regain my cycle I've become quite passionate about female hormonal health and mm-hmm. some of the negative things that can come as a side, so PCOS, endometriosis. I've done a bit of reading on them, but I only know the basics, which you listening may know yourself. So I thought, well, why not get an expert? Someone who's been through the trenches, come out of the other side, and is living, breathing proof that you can still absolutely smash life when going through these things. So, Michelle, absolutely. introduce yeah, yourself, well- who you are, what you do. And you have to give three fun facts about yourself. It is part of the podcast. Three fun facts?
1: Hey, I don't know about being fun. But anyway, thanks very much <laughs> for having me on. Um, honestly, it's my pleasure to be... This is one of my things. In fact, it is Endometriosis uh, Awareness Month in March. Oh, so yeah. it's going to be... Yeah, it's re- very relevant. Perfect timing. It is. Well, I'm Michelle, for those that are listening. Um, I am online coach. and um, Work with general population bodybuilders, um, athletes and yeah, you name it. If I basically transform physiques for a living and um, I'm getting a little bit of a reputation now. So thank you, Lucy, for working mainly with, um, females with chronic illnesses mm-hmm. because of no more than my, um, experiences myself, um, as I am, a endometriosis warrior. So yeah, I've been struggling with endometriosis for You know, many years. I first was diagnosed in 2017 um, because I was just struggling with constant period pains. Um, And in fact, my um, trigger point for endometriosis was a feeling of um, early labour pains. Um, I have. I had two children at this point, so obviously, and I knew I wasn't pregnant. (laughs) So I was just living with constant pain all the time. Um, which obviously led me to the doctors um, and then they started investigating and it was the doctor that said it could well be endometriosis because my first child Max he was um, born through cesarean section um, so they basically were suspicious that it could well be from that because funny enough endometriosis it, it, it is um, it is very common and you know one in five women do have it Um, It can grow at any time um, and it also can be genetic as well. So it can actually be in your family. So if you know someone in your family that has got it and we do all walk around with endometriosis, every single female, because there's no way that, you know, we can't because it it actually comes from your period um, and it spills out into your atmosphere. You know, it goes up through your fallopian tubes the wrong way. um, And that's uh, effectively what the pain is. Mm -hmm. Um, it's unfortunately, it's named as like internal bleeding um, because there's no way of that, of that um, escaped blood going anywhere. So what it does is it bleeds inside the atmosphere and it, around your pelvis and stuff. Um, so every time you have a period, that's the same message that sends to your period sends to that blood too, that's in your atmosphere. So effectively that is bleeding at the same time. And that is what the pain is. Um, and endometriosis obviously if you're having periods all the time that's what why you're going to experience more pain than others but some women don't go that they go undiagnosed because you you come you could go along your life with not even feeling what and you don't even know you've got endometriosis and you could be riddled with it it's just everybody has a different pain barrier everybody struggles with endo in different ways there's you know my biggest one as well was um, when I was having sex, it would absolutely, um, I, could, I couldn't, because mine was mainly found in the pelvis area. So basically it was so painful. There's so many women as well that are struggling with this. That's why I'm mentioning it. And I'm not shy to talk about sex neither, because we all do it. So <laughs> I'm all right with it. Um, and also it has a knock-on effect on your relationship, you know, in the bedroom, because, you know, the, the women are shying away from, from that because they don't want to be in pain and if their partner doesn't understand for obvious reasons that can then affect you in, in your relationship and that's why it's really important to to make people aware that actually it might not be it might not be you and you're if you're suffering in silence when you're having sex obviously with the pain then go you need to go and see and see somebody because as soon as I did and mentioned that straight away they were like we suspect it's you know and um ways of um looking out for signs and symptoms and stuff like that Are basically um they can't they can't actually go in and you know they can't detect it the best way to do that is through I always get this word wrong laparoscopy lapiscope- you- <laughs> yeah another one there that you go one. That one. Yeah. <laughs> which is a camera that's a better word um so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they um, they can do internals, they can do um, internal um, ultrasounds and they still can't find endometriosis. So they if they do still suspect it, then the best way to do is for them to go in and investigate. Um, and, and, you know, that is the best way. And then that's what happened to me. And um, soon as they went in, obviously, they found that I was completely riddled, mainly on the left hand side, because I got a lot of um, pain and um, like shooting pains, stabbing pains through my ovaries. Um, and they said it was all on my left side. Um, they also said so going back to what I said before regarding the air, early um, pains of labor, that feeling because obviously I knew what know what labor's like. and um, that was through um, endometriosis sticking to my uterus and it was it, it was sending like signals like that obviously to set that hormone off, it's it's so smart, like the human pure human hormone. And do you know what? I, it in, absolutely intrigues me to find out more about the human body because how does your body know that? It's just mental. Um, so anyway, they yeah, they sorted all of that out um, and I don't no longer have a labor pains, which is great. <laughs> and I know, I know. So yeah they've removed um I've been been had my second operation I'm actually 13 weeks post operation at this point. Mm-hmm. Um so I had 2017 and then 2020 that so there was like it always reoccurs you see it's it, it's all, it seems to be every 4 years um for for them to go in and operate and investigate because obviously it's got a it builds up over time with period and um, but I was lucky this time. Um, they did, they did say to me, we've not found any further growth of endometriosis. Um, but they did find cysts on my left ovary, which obviously they removed for me. So as a Baventa, the best thing that you can do for them, uh, um, they need to basically stop your period. If, if you're diagnosed with endometriosis and, um, but that of course comes with difficulty because not everybody wants their period stopping because, they may want children or, you know, they, may, they might want, they don't want any interventions, but, you know, personally for me, I got the coil fitted straight away mm-hmm. um, in 2017 and it's shown that over the four years that did work because when they've gone back in, because they suspected obviously it was growing, they didn't find anything. So mm-hmm. for me, the coil's working, but, you know, I'm at an age where, I've had two children now, so that isn't my pro- priority to obviously, you know, go, I can put up a Beventor in and not have a period, but it's yeah. not, it's not a solution for every female. And, that, and that's why, you know, there's loads of other things that you can do. You know, there's herbal stuff. They will treat you hormonally. Um, you know, it depends, it depends to what extent you're struggling with your periods and struggling. If you suspect endometriosis, then, you know, that's, that they'll start looking into these methods Mm -hmm. how to how how depending on the individual basically
0: yeah no well thank you for that um you've literally gone over pretty much all of the um the the (laughs) cue points that i had so i love it when that happens it's like i don't even need to cue you at all fantastic but exactly exactly legend right podcast over see you next week guys (laughs) i've got loads
1: to talk about there's there's loads you know oh there is honestly I didn't want to take over your podcast, so go for it.
0: <laughs> no, but let's go back and uh, let's go sort of over these points just in a little bit more depth. Because, like you said, I yeah. I know the basics of what it is, and mm-hmm. if someone came to me and said, you know, I've just been diagnosed like a client, or someone came to me and said I was struggling with it, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I would be a bit like, I don't, I don't know enough. Um, so, I'm sure people listening to this probably have a a brief awareness, um, but unless maybe they've gone through themselves or they've had family mm-hmm. or friends, again, they'll be like me who just know. The basics the ins the outs yeah you did explain it um in in sort of brief but can you actually just fall and explain what what it actually is in, in terms of what endometriosis is where it comes from and sort of what what impact it does have internally because like you said you've had to have these ops
1: yeah yeah so basically endometriosis is is tissue which is which is the blood that you spill mm-hmm. so instead of it instead of you having so for example if you have a period and you're bleeding it's basically a, some escapes through the fallopian tube so it goes back up through your fallopian tubes and they they what they do is them tiny they honestly vis, visibly if you google what endometrio what endometriosis actually looks like it is so tiny it's unbelievable mm-hmm. because when they show me my endometriosis was like where,
0: where what you put <laughs>
1: what are you pointing to doc? (laughs) And, um, it was like tiny, tiny little lines and that's what they remove. So it, it almost looks like, yeah, it's like a line. Um, and they can be tiny little spots and that's the blood. Um, that's the blood that's spilled out into your fallopian tube. So it's just, I guess it's your, you know, it's just working the opposite way than it should be. So you're not draining that period. So, but the problem with endometriosis, once it's spilled out into your atmosphere, like it sticks to your ovaries, it sticks to your pelvic, uh, your pelvis. And that's why we get a load of back pain, a load of um, tummy, constant. it feels like a dull, constant period pain, you know? And not everybody suffers with heavy periods with it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've got endometriosis, by the way. I did not have heavy periods at all. My periods remained exactly the same it was the pain that I was getting. So it's like a chronic period pain is the best way to explain it. Um, and you know, that's obviously difficult to live with, um, without pain management, if you like. So controlling endometriosis is hundred percent. If you get somebody who's coming to you, you know, the first question that you should ask them really, are you pain managing? Mm-hmm. Because when you're under management for your pain, that's when we start being, we can manage better, obviously, as humans. Yeah. Um, but if you've got someone and it's just not kicking it, you know, take it in the eyes of of, of the professionals, you know, start re- referring them. Well, have you thought about going to see a doctor? Because, you know, I've got a friend who's suffered with endometriosis, similar. I think you should go and start. Because when you go to the doctor's, that whole investigation takes a long time. Yeah. Um, That's what I was going to best... ask
0: you about, because I know for, for a fact yeah. what I'm going through, it's been such a slow... I mean, I've gone through it through COVID, so it's even, even slower. But I was just going to ask about sort of your experience with how
1: how mm. slow it
0: was from that first initial something's not quite right here to then mm. being eventually told this is probably what's going on. How, how long did it take? How many tests? How many mm. referrals?
1: Well, initially what they do straight away, they do an internal, you know, that's what they look for. Um, and, and if they can't find anything there, um, some doctors will say they feel like not, they call them nodules, like, and that's the, like, if you, if you were to actual feel endometriosis, it would be hard inside because it's blood. So the blood's gone hard. So they go, they go internal. They start the whole process of asking you, obviously you're signed in symptoms um and you know there's there's absolutely if you read up on like you say if you think you've got it read up on google there's things like you know you see um, blood in your way or in your stools um there's loads of different symptoms um the biggest one obviously is the period pain back pain um you know anxiety depression it, it's there's absolutely there's absolutely loads that you can you know you just google it like you say and get the, get the signs and symptoms um, but from there, the best thing that you want to hear your doctor say is you want, referred, you want to be referred to a gynecologist because the doctors can't do anything. So the, the biggest goal walking in that surgery, you want them to refer you. So I'm, you know, I'm not telling you to fake it until you make it. But what I'm saying is, you know, it is a long process. So if I was you, you know, I would actually do so a little bit of homework, put it on a little bit. I know that sounds mad but if you suspect uh-huh. endometriosis and you really do suffer with bad pain obviously don't put yourself under unnecessary risk but you want to get to the get to the appointment with the gynecologist the gynecologist will kind of suss you out as to you know what level and do they really think that you've got endometriosis they'll ask you all kinds of questions what's your lifestyle like um are you struggling with it every day How is it impacting your lifestyle? I mean, mean, for me, that was a biggie because obviously I work in the fitness industry. And you know, I'm sure that plenty are listening to this. Or so you're a PT, you've got to demonstrate the exercise. so I'm sure you're gonna get into uncomfortable, could well be embarrassing, you know, because obviously, you know, you're having periods and stuff like that. So that's a thing to think about. Yes, it is affecting my lifestyle or not. Um, and they will just basically prioritize you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the from, the, from the gynecologist, some refer you to get an internal scan, ultra scan um, ultrasound, MRI, not many. I did never had an MRI, always an ultrasound scan yeah. internally and over the tummy, tummy. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, um, that one's nice, isn't it? When you've got to drink all the water and you're there like, fucking yeah. no, I need a wee.
1: <laughs> Hurry <don't> up. <laughs> wee. Oh, I know. Well, I'm used to them, obviously. I've had two kids yeah. as well. So, you know, um, but that's one as well. I, I was going to mention about, I don't mean to go off track, but they actually said, once they started the investigation with mine, they said it actually started growing when they opened me up, up after my cesarean section with Max um so that's when mine started because obviously I got the sticky the, like that sticky endo on my uterus which mm-hmm. would never have gone anywhere if I actually didn't go in and get that removed um so that's you know something definitely hopefully will help you know the ladies listening that have had children as well because it does happen yeah no,
0: yeah sure. and I totally back you on the going to your GP and being quite yeah. <laughs> assertive and pushy for sure because I'll I'll just tell you about my situation, Michelle, and I'm sure the podcast listeners have listened to the previous podcast, which I'm sure you have, because Mm -hmm. if you haven't and you're listening to this, then that's just a a bit rude, really. But (laughs) with me, they, you know, it's been really slow. It could be this, could be that. We'll do some blood tests. Well, they actually did blood tests on me, told me they Mm -hmm. were fine. But when I actually looked Mm -hmm. at them, they weren't. Right, my estrogen is below postmenopausal levels. Like it's ridiculous, and they they said fine. So you've got to push, and you've got to make sure that you are following things up and check. Mm -hmm. Like now, I'm referred to a gynecologist. They referred me on to another gynecologist, and they said, you know, if you don't hear anything in three weeks, um, get in touch. Get in touch because they are not going to get in touch with you. Yeah, like I'm not a pushy person, but in this situation, you've got to be pushy, and like -hmm. Michelle says, you've got to you've got to push it a bit because unless you are you know something that they would class as serious they're probably just going to fob you off a bit
1: absolutely I mean I was in a bit of a different situation I know this sounds completely selfish and you know probably forgive me for this but I had no I know I had no time to waste right I wanted me cake and I wanted to eat it because I had I know this sounds mad but because I compete yeah, yeah. I wanted to be operated on during off season, mm-hmm. so my I couldn't I couldn't wait round for hospital appointments just to come on my doorstep. I what I did was it wasn't sneaky. I was just pushing it. <laughs> I was like, okay, tick boxes when I went to I called, Yeah, getting that. Yeah, getting that. And the reason why I did that is because I knew I, I obviously had problems and I wanted them to go in, fix me. And in fact, when they went in. They found um, a mass size of a 2 p, which isn't, doesn't sound much, but you know the two pence, that's a lot of tissue that was raveled. Um, they got rid of that, obviously got rid of all my endo. They got rid of whatever was going on with my uterus. Now, once they'd gone in, I obviously recovered, takes about rough, that That took me about, I don't know, 12, 12 to 15 weeks to recover from. It wasn't an easy recovery, but you know I had quite major surgery all at once. Um, but the push, the initial push, they wouldn't have. They would have left it and left it and left it if I wouldn't have said, you know, like what I did. And I'll be honest, like I didn't have that time because otherwise my competitive um, stage would have been waiting. And my health is obviously really important. I get that. Um, but yeah, I was just selfish and just kept pushing every time. I went to the doctors. And in fact, this is another tip for you. I rang this the gynecologist um PA all the time each week how, how far am I on the list can you tell me please I've just um spoken to my doctor my symptoms are getting worse and what they do is you start becoming that oh shit that's a that's a patient again but you know what that patient again gets you up the ladder because yeah. it gets her off a seat and it gets her to go and check to see where you are so in the end I come like now obviously I'm on my second op and the gynecologist knows me it's like I'm part of the family there. <laughs> um he doesn't even have to tell him when he goes in; he knows what he's looking for it's funny um but you know the pe the pa pa said to me um if you're on a waiting list and you've been on one for ages right so this is the scenario i'm talking if you're a patient and you've been waiting so long she told me um to go to my doctor and ask them to um trying to think of the bloody name of it now um extra extra bite extra bite a letter send a letter to basically say that my patient's really struggling she's blah 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 she's this and she's that i'll tell you now within a week i had a date i got a date for my operation so uh that's when i had my second op which was the the, the 8th of december i started moaning in october you know it didn't take me long so you know i did i did that because i know i needed to get it done and get it out the way so it just goes to show if you do leave something it's not going to come to you
0: And it's it's the same,
1: you know, people might leave it for all different reasons because they're scared or whatever. But just if you're living with chronic health issues like that, get in, get it done and get yourself sorted out because endometriosis is reoccurring. It doesn't go away. There's no cure for it. And I'll tell you now, they don't know why endometriosis is caused, neither. There's There's no real research to say why we get endometriosis, actually. That that like a, a scientific fact, um, so it just happens. It just starts growing, um, but yeah, that's my best advice. Just push, make a few little fibs, <laughs> um, but you know. Moral it, of
0: the story: when when it comes to period health, be mm-hmm. a Karen. Hey. Karen. Be Karen. Be yeah. Karen. Yeah. You just got yeah, the yeah. biggest Karen, the biggest. I want to speak to your manager, person that we all hate. Yeah. But you've got to because mm. it's one of those things that you'll feel a bit of a, a bit pushy, but mm. once you've got that one, like you, you've got that date, you'll be glad you did it because, like, well, at least I've got somewhere now. And it's one of the most That's frustrating thing. things it's... ever, just waiting around, isn't it? Because it's just not knowing yeah. or just, or suffering, you know, potentially in your case, really? if you are dealing with pains and stuff. It's just mm. ongoing suffering, which you can shorten by just, just pushing a bit because, yeah it's awful it, no, it happens so in true. so many things with in the medical profession mental health yeah. it happens a lot with if you don't push to get seen you're just going to be sat on a waiting list for months and months and months and it's yeah. tragic that this is the case but well they did they told
1: me um and i don't know if it's the case with your gynecologist but there's no there's no halt because of the pandemic on on you know gynecologists and stuff yeah there's just No. So if they're telling you that there's no appointments or anything, you know, that that might not be true. So I would definitely ring up the PA Mm. of your gynecologist and ask them the current situation. You know, again, where are, where am I on the list? Can you tell me and just keep doing it once a week until you you become, like you say, a Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they start helping you. Yeah, honestly this woman this pa actually rang me afterwards she goes michelle i've got some great news for you you're going to be so happy we're going to get you in before the first of december i went honest to god that's amazing news like honestly it, thank you so much and it was just from ringing them up and not not leaving it yeah you know just and you know going back to my first operation i remember saying to the over recovery i remember waking up and i remember saying to the day nurse, um, like, oh my God, I feel like shit here. Literally, I feel like my bits are on fire. What the hell have they done? And she went, just settle down, Michelle. You know, they've they've done like quite a lot of surgery. So just take your time. And the first thing that I hadn't competed at this point, by the way, my op was in February and I was due to compete in September on my first ever competition. I was like, um, are you joking me? Like, how long is this going to take to recover? She went, oh, about 12 weeks. I went... Um, I'm doing my I'm doing my first bikini competition in a few months she went you won't be doing that Michelle <laughs> and, and you know what I seen her this, I seen her four years later so Christmas time obviously when I had it done I went I've competed you know and she went she, she went sorry excuse me I don't know I, whatever and I said you don't remember me do you I said you know what you you were the best thing for me you actually said to me you won't be you won't be getting on stage in like a couple of months and I said and I did. And she went, they just shown, obviously showed her the pictures, which are on my social media. And she was like, oh, my God, you're like, you're a machine. You're amazing. amazing. <laughs> but I know. So, you know, going back to originally when, you know, you started and you said that, you know, what you can do, even when you do live with endometriosis or chronic health issues, it can be done. It's just through pain management. Um, you know, setting yourself some goals and not allowing it to control you is the really important thing here. Like, it's so easy, you know, we can go out of control. But if you've got a con- con- if you've got a control over your health through nutrition and through the right guidance and the right support network, you know, it's easy, achievable. Like, you know, I did that in a couple of months. You know, I had me abs out of course on stage and stuff. Like, that's not for everybody. Doesn't mean that's what you're going to go off and do, but if you want to you know get get in shape to look better to feel better because you know you're in this pain constantly it doesn't help your mood doesn't help you know how you feel mentally but if you you know if you've got a goal and you want to you want to go somewhere and achieve something definitely have something in mind it will help you you know along the way with with your pains
0: absolutely so that leads on quite nicely into sort of the actual surgery itself so what's involved um obviously if you don't have to go into complete details if you know you want to keep it a bit you know oh i'm
1: completely open and honest <laughs>
0: that's me. Fine. We're, we're open and honest <laughs> on the podcast in terms of what it entails and then obviously interesting to know as well what what it involves from like the recovery aspect because there might be someone listening to this who's due to go through it or maybe mm. they're thinking they might have injuries and the thought of like surgeries and stuff especially um, I know someone who who possibly probably should be listening to this because she's asked loads of questions. Um, mm-hmm. She's thinking she may be going through something similar and she's mm-hmm. wanting to compete um, soon um, as a mm-hmm. bikini athlete. So she might have some anxieties about um, competing. So what mm-hmm. does the surgery involve? What does the recovery involve? And sort of tips in terms of not necessarily speeding up the process, but, you know, you defied the odds, so to speak, when you were told, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to get on stage in this time, no yeah. chance
1: best thing she ever said to me like i'm like that are you are you joking and i can remember it like it was yesterday yeah she's like literally you know that face obviously i can pull it but people listening can't like are you messing you're not getting on stage like sit back down eat your toast no honestly love i might i might be smashed right now on on drugs but i am getting on stage like and you know i was i was that was it but in terms of recovery, it will de- completely depend on to what extent your surgery is found because they can't, they're the first thing that they're doing. If you, if it's your first time, they're going in to investigate. So what you want to make sure is before they put, before they knock you out, you're going to have that discussion with your surgeon or the uh, gynecologist, if you like, that, you, you know, you're absolutely certain you're going in to investigate. This is another top tip you're going in to investigate, but you are definitely, if you see something, you've got my, you know, give me the consent form, remove it. Don't wake me up to tell me I've got that because that's sometimes that's what they do. You know, just make sure that they're, they're going in and they're actually going to, if they find what they find, they're going to deal with it. They're going to remove it. And you've had that conversation obviously before you, before you put you to sleep. Um, but in terms of recovery, so my first one, about 12 weeks, um, first three to four weeks felt like I'd been run over by a bus um but that that's just because of the extent of it that you know I had a lot to deal with um but in general it it, I mean mine was fourth degree which there are they come in different degrees Mm -hmm. and that just depends on how much endometriosis they find obviously so they labeled mine as like quite severe um so yeah you've just got to recover for, if you can imagine what they're doing inside you know they're cutting they are cutting engine they're cutting the blood out so then they're you know then there's you there's scar tissue um you know that that's got to go somewhere obviously that that hurts plus um the cameras that they're putting in um you know it goes through your tummy your belly button and um, they make some tiny little incisions, um, left side, right side of your um, abdomen, and then they did it just below my bikini line, and then they went in through my belly button. So the worst for me, I mean, it's tiny, tiny little pencil marks you can't even see, but the belly button one, that was so painful, you know, like when you're moving around, when you're recovering from that, weirdly, it feels like you've got a constant knife inside your belly button, that's quite hard to recover from. Um, but it just takes time that's all because obviously that you know they've cut it open um, so surgery in general obviously takes a while to recover but the second op I was away at four weeks I was you know I was done all they did really was remove little bits that obviously were scattered around um, and then they removed a couple of cysts from my ovaries Um, which was giving me the stabbing pain in the left hand side. That's another thing, you know, obviously we can speak, speak about, but um, polycystic ovaries, a lot of females struggle with that. That really affects your periods. Um, Not everybody knows they've got them. We all struggle differently. Um, We pass them naturally. Um, And if we don't pass them naturally, there are different forms of cysts as well. Um, I couldn't tell you scientifically what the names are. Um, but there are different types of cysts um, we can pass on our own, but we've got to get some taken out surgery, um, surgically. So that's another subject as well, what well, does affect periods massively. So you might well be suffering with that and you just don't know it. Um, but likelihood with that one is they can actually detect it through internal ultrasound. Um, yeah. you know, but they couldn't with me, And I'll be open and honest. Here we go. Because they actually diagnosed the the woman who did my internal. She actually said, you've got a congested vagina. (laughs) Honest to God, I was like, no one's told me I've got a congested vagina before. And basically, right, I don't care. I'll just be open and honest. That is that is caused because I've had two children. I've got um, scar tissue going on and um, I've had a lot of work done obviously because of that's where mainly my endometriosis was found. So it was just congested. So they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't work out, you know, that I had cysts on my ovaries. So the scan told me that I didn't have any, but when the surgeon went in, I had like four and he left one because he knew that was gonna disperse itself. So that was the left side stabbing pain. Um, but again, I didn't have any problems in periods because I've got a coil fitted. So, yeah. but that saved me. Um, and the biggest the biggest must that you've got to control your period of endo, otherwise it's just, it won't go away. Yeah. It, it just, it won't go away. So, you know, we all react differently, as we know, on birth control. It stops period and stuff like that. And um, This is why I'll never have a period. You know, it can actually result in um hysterectomy so you know you've got to get it sorted out and that's the biggest thing people if they don't sort it now and they keep putting it off you know you're going to end up hysterectomy and you know nobody wants that unless you know my opinion about that is um you know I don't want anyone to take my baby box away from me because yeah, I just don't I'm a woman
0: sure right isn't
1: it yeah 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 so I didn't want that
0: no. I was gonna sort of ask like what why it's important to make sure it's sorted so what are the the sort of key symptoms there in terms of I know everyone's symptoms are different and some people will show mm-hmm. some and not others, but what are sort of the main red flags? Um, because people have issues with the menstrual cycle, um, but not necessarily sure what it is. They might just think, oh, mine are quite heavy or, or yeah. maybe my pains are slightly worse, you know, because everyone's a different. So people might leave it sort of undiagnosed because they they just think, oh, well, maybe it's just it's just me and my periods are a bit off. What are some of the key things to actually be aware of and think, okay, maybe this is this needs to get checked out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you say, number one is your period. So you know, are you having? Are you struggling with your periods, pelvic pain, back pain, um, and a constant dull period pain? Mm-hmm. That's the bigger. That's the biggie. That because because endometriosis is periods. You are bleeding. So and it's mainly affect. It's more painful every time you have a period because. You're not just in pain because of your period cycle you're then in pain because your your internal is bleeding because of the because of the past endo the, the, the blood that's built up Does that make sense?
0: Yeah 100%. so
1: you know for me the biggest thing obviously you've got to you, you need to you know detect these signs and symptoms. are you one having them seriously having them all the time? Are you thinking at the back of your head, God why have I always got period pains you know? You know, some women um, struggle in the back. That's because of the because it hangs around by the pelvis. So, um, you know, that's obviously a big, uh, m- massive indicator. Now, one thing that I wanted to mention, which you've just mentioned about the lady in terms of her competing and fitness, mm-hmm. and I get asked this question all the time. So, can I lift weights? And is that it was one question. I got
0: the implications on training and nutrition. Yeah.
1: OK, there you go. Are you OK? You go. go ahead.
0: So you don't even need this. It's like you've read this script <laughs> and you've just sort of memorised all the questions. Like, I'm going to impress her here and just basically reel off all the questions without her even no. asking me. No, chuck,
1: chuck that in the bin. But, um, yeah. but the biggest thing is, yes, absolutely. And, you know, so endometriosis or any chronic health, you know, ladies' issues, it's not going to change, like, if you if anything it's going to help you then if you're doing exercises it's going to one make you feel better it's going to give you all of you know the feeling that you want you're going to feel you're going to look better in the mirror you know um lifting weights as you as you know you know lucy the you know the background of it Mm -hmm. so it's going to prevent it's going to prevent menopause you know early set menopause um osteoporosis because when we are lifting weights we are build an osteoblast in our bones. And, you know, as women, we are generally softer in our bones and stuff Mm -hmm. because we have to be because we're because of birth. So we need to make sure we're building these, you know, fundamental osteoblasts and stuff. And the only way to, you know, to do that, and that's what weightlifting, uh, if you go back to many years ago, that's why we lift, you know, and that's why it's really important for ladies to actually do a little bit of lifting to to, to prevent endometriosis or you know or osteoporosis and stuff like that. So it never ever will affect training. If anything, it's just going to make you feel better. Because mm-hmm. if you go if you go back to why endometriosis, it's because of period. It's not because you're lifting weights or because you're training. Or the only reason why it should affect your training is if you're in that much of a state of pain, then you can't train because you you know when you get that really horrible period and you're like i can't go to training today because i'm in so much pain so that goes back down to pain management so get your get your pain under some some sort of control for pain management and you'll be able to train better because when you're not yeah. in pain you can train <laughs> <laughs>
0: when you're not in pain you can train you can train <laughs> put yourself in a lot of pain
1: so while you train. weight does <laughs> not make it any worse it's not gonna Make it go away. It's not going to, you know, make it increase more. It's period. You've got that as a female, so it it doesn't matter. Hopefully that has come out in in the way I wanted it to. Does that make sense?
0: It definitely does. And actually what you've just said then, again, touches on Mm. to another question which I've been asked. You've definitely seen this. I'm, I'm, It's (laughs) kind of weird, actually, how you've literally just reeled them all off. And it was, well, I've got two questions that kind of cover the same thing. And it was basically, uh, well, one of them says, apart from hormones and oh, i can't read my own writing jesus christ lucy why are you like this hormone tablets and <laughs> surgery that's what it says is there anything you can do to manage it And the other question was how can you sort of manage symptoms
1: so what you're asking me is there any pills or
0: well i think what's what's happened with this person is she's basically being put on some hormone tablets to sort of try and control and regulate it yeah. and potential surgery and the other mm-hmm. person's just sort of asking sort of what you can do so when you've said about pain management mm-hmm. and Dealing with it besides from like the surgeries and stuff, like how do you go about dealing with it day to day, week to week, month to month?
1: Yeah, right. Okay, so yeah, of course, there is no quick fix, as you know, it's reoccurring endo. So, without surgery, if you've got it, you need you need surgery, yeah. um, yeah. to get rid of it, but we can control it and we can prevent it. Um, is that, that some some doctors will put you on a hormonal cycle of um three i think it's three to six months before they actually get in. This is the typical t- 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 go to the doctor to, to be honest I did it the first time around, and I'll be honest, completely wasted my time. So I waited, you know, I was sitting there three months taking with, with um, in fact they double up on the pill um mm-hmm. because again they're trying to stop your period because they're trying the whole point to it. So they're not um they're a short term fix, they're not a long term. Oh, did you go off? So weird. Have you got a, um, the upgraded bit where it stays on, or have you got... It's, fine. it's still minutes.
0: recording, so... we, we oh? <laughs> Keeping it real, people. This is what happens when you have cheap broadband. It did um, go off, didn't it? You know what, we've I actually got Ford, Sky. I Sky's not Ford Ford. bad, but I think it's where we are, it's just bad. So we've complained, right. we've complained, but they, they seem to so, say, oh no, it's fine. And yet, here we are, <laughs> having issues yeah, like this. Full flow there, weren't we talking? Are uh, you still there? I am. Um, it's just, oh uh, Sky, Sky, why are you doing this? Why, why, you know, we're doing so well. Everything was going so well. You hard had yeah, to ruin I've,
1: it. I've got Virgin Media and they're meant to be the best and they they still I still get cut out, so don't even worry about it. It's just 21st technology, century. Isn't it? Shocking, um, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about pills
0: and the best i do remember what we're talking about everything blast. just went blo- it was like something from a movie everything just so went ooh, like, and cut out i think it i was worked. telling
1: people to take drugs
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there we go leave it at that end the podcast take
1: yeah, no. hey, drugs be fine see you later yeah. no i was saying how addictive they can be because yeah. you know obviously if you're in that much pain um you know, I found that Pronstan really worked for me and they're mainly for period pains and stuff. Mm. You can take as many paracetamols and ibuprofen if you want, um, but there's, there's short term, they're a short-term fix, a yeah. long-term, you know. I mean, in the end, what I used to do is, I'll be honest, again, not selfishly, but I just used to take the pills around training. Mm. So, you know, I wasn't taking them constantly all the time, but I was basically taking them before I went training, and then after, so I could recover better. But that's just that's just the way I lived with it. Yeah.
0: You
1: know, I'll be honest. Now I don't get um, I'm at, because I'm only like 13 weeks post operation. I've not had any pains, so I'm sure it's going to start creeping back and stuff. And I'll get there. But who knows? You know, I just want to compete. <laughs> I Just want to yeah. compete now. <laughs>
0: okay. When's the next plans to compete then? When when are you wanting to go next?
1: Well, to be honest. Um, Because, yeah, this is like my fourth season now. So what I was thinking, because of the way things are going, I'm thinking about going out early next year Mm -hmm. because I've not had any real good run on my off season. Of course, we're at home. You know, we can do what we... I've done my best with what we've got, um, but nothing beats, you know, in the gym. So I just... I don't know if to sit on the fence this year and just, I've got a couple of athletes going out um, in September anyway. Maybe. So I'm, you know, looking to, I basically have a little look at what the competition is because obviously our physique's massively changed at the minute where, you know, I've got no doubt. I mean, some of my athletes are coming in a bit softer, you know, things are, things are changing. We don't know. We've had a whole year. So you've got competitors that have had access to great, you know, great form of whatever they've had. Um, some have been able to, not been able to train at all. You know, we're all in different situations because of the pandemic. So I do not know what the competition is going to be like. It's not going to be the same. Um, but what is going to be interesting is next year, the competition hopefully is going to be, it's going to flip, it's going to flip, it's going to, you know, be, competitive you know we're, we're going to get into the gym i want to go back out making sure that i've got enough um you know and, and i've made enough improvements because i'm currently fourth um in my category in the country and um, leaving the british finals from two, sounds sounds so long ago like 2019 but that was the last time we all went on stage you know mm. so because we've skipped a year yeah um and i was fourth the previous year too so Uh, you know it's just in the difference in obviously competitors that I've stood on stage with um but I'm not getting any younger I'm 40 this year so I don't want to go on stage um yeah until I'm undeniable and that's what I'm doing personally
0: amazing Um, and that with PCA two bros
1: (laughs) two bros um I'm going for I'm still going for the British title for the PCA I've been chasing yeah, I've been chasing that for a couple of years now. I need to complete that mission. Um, but I, <laughs> I will be complete competing with the two braids. 80 brothers.
0: years old, still competing. I'm not finished until I get that bridge title.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not hanging my heels up yet. Still on my heels.
0: Walking um, on stage with Zimmer yeah. frame. I'm, I'm not losing this time.
1: No, I'm not. I'm definitely not, I'll tell you. Um, I am very competitive, I'm not going to lie. I think that's why... You know, I love seeing others win trophies through what I've done as well. And Mm. that's why I'm a prep coach. You know, I I, love that side in it. And that's why, you know, I do specialize in bodybuilding because, again, that's where my passion is. You know, Mm. I I obviously love stage. I love the feeling of it. Um, And that's just the way it is. Hopefully get on stage next year. But like you say, I'm looking forward to seeing... That you know the rest of this season if it gets yeah. some athletes out that'll be amazing
0: nice to go watch some shows this year i missed that last year i love going to watch them even if i don't know anyone doing yeah. it it's just awesome to to watch yeah like,
1: very inspiring isn't it
0: absolutely it's what got me wanting to do it and then just not being able to yet because of it yes oh, last really? year it to be the one last year was meant to be the one and then um <laughs> So you're, gonna, so you're going to compete yourself in the future? Uh, yeah, I just need to get my own health issues under wraps first, um, mm. hopefully. Uh, so then yes. But again, I'm the same as you. Um, it's, it's getting pushed back and back. So like last year was meant to be the one. And then I was mm-hmm. like, right, I'll go probably early, mid next year. But now because yeah. I'm not training properly because of my own health issues, that's pushing it back. Because again, I want a really good, strong off-season because I need to grow for what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so... Who knows? But well, it's a dream. You know, it's in the pipeline. What will be will things be. Things happen for
1: a reason. I think, do things as long as you've got, you know, a goal and a purpose set. Yeah. You know, go go for it. Like you say, you're going to have bumps in the roads and things in the way. And I've certainly witnessed that, you know, in and out, off season, on stage and operations and stuff, all kinds. <laughs> but if you put your mind to it, you know, and that is what, what goes back to I didn't allow it to affect my training. Mm-hmm. because I knew the chronic illness that I've got it's not going to affect whether I go hard in the gym you know whether I squat squat 100 whatever or, or if or if I squat 60 it's only that it's getting past that mentality that yes I'm in pain right now but it's not an injury pain so it's not gonna it's not gonna make it worse and and that's my best advice to you as well loose you know what you're going through and um, try and manage that in the best way you can and you know go in with that mindset that actually this is not going to go away it's not i'm going to train to do what you want to do because you can overcome it and it goes back to that you're in control not the other way around and exactly. that's going to be you know really important but if you ever need any help or advice on it of course just you know give me a shout oh. i'll be happy to happy to get you on the stage <laughs> Take look. <laughs> uh, be amazing
0: but um i think that comes to a nice end but there is one thing we have to do and if you no, you won't have guessed if you've guessed this question then you're a mind reader or you listen to the podcast because we end on a signature <laughs> question every single time it's just a signature question bit of fun and that is your favorite cereal michelle hit me up oh wow this is easy cocoa pops oh for god's sake typical bodybuilder yeah,
1: cocoa pops or hula hoops or hula hoops. A, like no Cheerios. Seriously,
0: <laughs> <Cheerios. laughs> they're crisps. I was like, you're putting milk on some cheese and on your hula hoops. Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> I think I just say that to the boys. I'm like, do you want hula hoops or cocoa pops? Weed to be because I just shout them. Cheer- cheerios, yeah, average
0: choices. Oh.
1: Average cheerios. cheerios are great when you're on prep, and if you have them um, dry, sounds a bit grim. But they feel because they taste quite sweet. It it's kind of like a bit of a uh, diet hack. So mm. and especially with the cocoa pops as well. Um, no, yeah, I, used, I like, used
0: to eat dried Cheerios in my packed lunch. You know, one of the kids would be there with like the, the penguin bars. I'd be there with a little sandwich bag of Cheerios. I was like, what the hell? But like, just try I it. Just try it, and in fairness, yeah, awesome. get on it. Yeah, hula hoops.
1: <laughs> there you Hool-hoops. go.
0: Yeah. Here we go. AKA Love Cheerios. It. I think I think that brings us to a nice end. But thank you for jumping on the podcast. Um, if people you're do want welcome. to follow you um, based upon just the fact that you're awesome or if they want to know more about your journey, because you do post about it, um, where can they find you on the socials?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, follow my journey. I've actually got a highlight for the endometriosis, my last journey with all the hospital things and all that. So you can actually go back and there's a load of IGTV um, me explaining how I got on with the doctors and how I got on with the scanning. So that'll be really cool for you. And um, But it's simply, it's at Team Bikini Queens. Um, find me on my main page, which is at Team Bikini Queens. I've also got a personal account as well, which is just Michelle Walker, um, lower hyphen coach. Um, so you can find me on any of them. It'll direct you to, to the both. That'd be complete. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So if you want to get in touch with me in any capacity, just drop me a DM
0: wicked right let's wrap that all on there thank you for listening thank you guys. so
1: much thank you so much for having me on lucy oh, it's, it's, been been a pleasure. A pleasure. it's been a pleasure uh,
0: we'll talking catch you. about all kinds <laughs> <laughs> indeed it's been an interesting one and uh, we'll catch you on the next one